0: It's about to go down, in a minute, let me touch down, I'ma get it, cause I, I've been waiting all
1: night, it's game time. It's game time on ESPN Central Texas, presented by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Now from the Allen Samuels Studios, here's Tom Barfield, Ward Weiss, and Ryan Fox. Well, good morning.
0: How are you? Welcome to a Friday, TGIF, and all of that stuff. Tom Ward, Ryan, we're glad to have you with us as we uh, get ready to rock and roll on this Friday morning. Ah, uh, Ward, how are you this morning? Good, Ryan. I'm great. How are you, Tom? I'm I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Could they start the basketball games maybe like at 4:30 or you know to work into my schedule and not theirs? I don't think they're going to do that. I, I you know. They run late, and we have to get up early to come to work. And So you either miss games, the end of games, and we're not going to do that, or you (laughs) you miss sleep. (laughs) So anyway, boy, it was a great night of basketball last night, wasn't it? It, Yeah, it was outstanding. The only stinker was Arkansas and Connecticut, and boy, was it ever a stinker. Uh, But everything else was really good. I, I, anybody see Gonzaga coming back from 13 down 13 down at the half. Yeah, I couldn't believe they were down, but they were UCLA had them pinned against the wall and didn't finish the job, uh, but none better Ward whites than Kansas state and Michigan state. That no. No. Was- that was one of those games where he hated to see, see somebody lose. That was a great basketball game. What's it ever?
2: What well, Noel is special.
0: Mm. Can he play at 5'8 in the NBA?
2: I, I don't know. I mean, he looked a lot like Curry last night.
0: I watched him. The one thing that Michigan State did, and I've often wondered why a lot more teams don't do it, They kind of spread the floor, and then they let their guy go one-on-one with him and just back him down, and he just physically had a hard time holding his ground. And Michigan State was able to score some easy baskets that way. But that's his only deficiency. I mean, I don't care if he's 5'8 or not. He can shoot it from downtown, Yeah, and he can go to the rack. He blows right past people. Well, he set an
2: NCAA record for assists last night.
0: 20 points and 19 assists. Is that not crazy? Special. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, how did he get out of Manhattan, New York to Manhattan, Kansas? <laughs> There's a lot of great basketball played between Manhattan, New York and Manhattan, Kansas. I think people might want to recruit New York a little heavier now? Yeah. Or maybe not go, okay, he's not 6-1, he can't play guard. He's 5-8 and he put on a show. I mean, he put on a show. Oh, it was great, just and he kind of backed up his, his you know, because the day before he had a little, had a little chit chat, but he backed it up last night.
2: Well, and he played through a,
0: a, an injury, a, an injury. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh Now they're going to get Florida Atlantic, who who got it done last night over Tennessee. Who saw that coming? I did not. I keep going. Okay, that bubble's going to bust. The nine seed, Florida Atlantic. Well, when's it going to bust? When they get to Houston? I mean, <laughs> they're you know, here's a nine seed in the in the elite eight.
2: I think it's going to be a great game Saturday.
0: Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, so yeah, there's so we'll get into all of that and we'll we'll talk about that uh, coming up. Uh, well, I tell you, we're going to have Ted Embrick on the program. Ted uh, works for Westwood One. And he 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 did the broadcast of of the uh, four play-in games, uh, or first four, whatever you want to call them. I know they have an official name, but we call them play-in games. So we'll talk to Ted about the NCAA tournament at 730. We got a couple of things moving in high school, Ward. Uh, some here in Central Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, lost a coach in Central Texas. Uh, as Edwards from Harker Heights is going to take O'Collarville Heritage and, and be the... Athletic coordinator and and head coach of Colleyville Heritage. So, congratulations to Coach Edwards. He gets to go back to the Metroplex.
0: We're going to have Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football on. We'll, uh, we'll get caught up on that. And I think we saw where Brandon Houston, who was over at Buffalo, he's mm-hmm. coached in Lorena, he's coached in Rockdale, and he was over at Buffalo. Then he took the Taylor job. Well, he's left the Taylor job. But we don't know where he's gone. So, maybe Greg can get us up to speed on on where Brandon Houston's going. We'll do that around 8 o'clock. And then uh, we'll get an update from uh, spring training. Oh, I can't wait. A week from yesterday, Ward White's Ryan Fox. A week from yesterday, we throw the first pitch. Game one of 162 on our way to an AL West Championship. Help us all. (sighs) I am so jazzed. Me too. I'm I mean, excited for opening day. Me too. Opening day, I don't care. Opening day is opening day, isn't it? I mean, it is and, a cool deal. Yeah, there's nothing more special. Have you
3: got to go to one before? I've never been to one. I've been to
0: one. One? One. Really? Well, I work. I have a a J-O-B that's in Waco, Texas.
2: I've, I've probably been to 30.
3: My parents went oh, without, come on, really? went without yeah. me last year.
2: Yeah. It's very upset. Absolutely. Oh. I've worked at least... Ten of them.
0: How about that? Yeah. Oh, I awesome. just there's That's something awesome. about opening day, man. I mean, there's just, nothing
2: more special nope. than than the electricity outside the stadium all morning long. Yep. I mean, pulling in, done the morning show, set up at home plate outside the gate, mm-hmm. and took the wireless mic around and and interviewed fans that are been barbecuing since four o'clock in the morning. It's it's it is so special. Just to see all the people excited to get into the stadium and waiting for just the the electricity to to fire off and and hear Chuck Morgan.
0: It's baseball time in Texas. Uh,
2: just hear him start start making the announcements. It's it's it is so special. Oh, Can't wait.
0: It's so much fun. So yeah. much fun.
2: And I'm glad it's an afternoon game.
0: Three o five, I think.
2: Yeah. A couple of years ago, they went to the. They did the 7.05 first pitch. That was terrible.
0: What are you doing playing a night game on opening? It's nah. called opening day. Hey, yeah. It's
2: got to be an afternoon game. Yeah. Either a noon game or an early afternoon game. I,
0: I haven't checked and I haven't even looked in several years. You know, it used to be that for whatever reason, the Cincinnati Reds would start one day ahead of everybody else. And huh. I wonder if they still do that. I don't know. But they always got. The day before everybody else's opening day, and they played an afternoon game, and it was just the coolest thing. Never realized that. Yeah, and if you'll remember, once upon a time that the the, uh, the umpire John McSherry he he passed away right before the game was about to start. Oh wow! So they postponed that game. He was yeah, he was going to umpire home plate, I think, and he and he passed away. But yeah, the uh, the Reds used to always get, you know, the day before everybody else and. I don't know why. I mean, they. it was just baseball. I never even realized that. Not
3: this year. Every, everyone starts on Thursday next week.
0: See, and they used Everybody. to have, once upon a time, they used to have some starting on Thursday and the other starting on Friday. So you always, and then you'd have one day off. You know, you'd play one and then, I don't know why, maybe because they wanted to make sure because of weather or something, but you'd play one, skip one, and then play the next two days. Huh.
3: All Yeah, but all 30 teams, first pitch is Thursday. Well, there you go.
0: There you go. Afternoon baseball, opening day, everybody is in first place.
2: It's, it's just electric around the whole stadium. It's it's a neat, neat deal. Good stuff. I think, Can't we, wait. I think we should be there.
3: Set it up. Let's go. I've never been. I want to go so bad.
0: Well. <laughs> so bad. in uh, You know what? Congratulations to the McLennan High Lassies. They won last they night. They won yesterday. They certainly did. Uh, actually, it was yesterday morning, 10 a.m. That's that's awfully early to be playing hoops. But they uh, went out and beat Murray State in overtime. Overtime. So they win round one of the JUCO tournament. And now they will play Trinity Valley this afternoon at 5 o'clock in round two. So uh, Bill Brock's team gets it done. Congratulations to them as they go on and and pick up a 50 to, how about this, 50 to 47 in overtime. So it, it must have been just a, a slugfest for McLennan and, uh, and Murray State. But to, yeah, they, they they beat the Aggies 50 to 47 in overtime in the opening round of the uh, Women's Basketball National Championship in Lovick. They'll play Trinity Valley this afternoon at 5 o'clock. So we wish the High Lassies all the best. So good stuff there. Uh, baseball and softball coming up. Both teams in Stillwater, ironically, and uh, the uh, teams will open up Big 12 conference play with on the road. They've they've already had home games, at least the the men have anyway, baseball has, as they played. They took two out of three from Kansas State last weekend.
2: Yeah, this is the first series for the Ah, football Bears. Yeah,
0: They are in Stillwater. That is what, number 20 versus number two? In softball. hmm So strap it on. Here we go. So that'll be Friday this afternoon, Saturday and Sunday. You can hear those games over on Cool One O one point three FM and baseball tonight at uh, six thirty, I believe, against uh Oklahoma State. And again Saturday night and then Sunday afternoon against the Cowboys in that brand new ballpark. I wanna see that brand new ballpark. They tell me it is it Looks nice. I've phenomenal. seen it online,
2: but I hadn't hadn't been to it yet.
0: They say it is a phenomenal facility, so I'd like to see I like to see that. So, uh, Anyway, so it is Baylor and Oklahoma State. ESPN Plus will have it as well as right here on ESPN Central Texas. So look forward to that uh, as uh, Mitch Thompson takes his Baylor baseball bears on the road to Stillwater to take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. All right, we're off and running. It's 11 minutes after 7, 7-11. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas.
4: Hi everybody, John Morris with today's Baylor Spring Gridiron Report. Today, a look at the quarterbacks who met with the media after yesterday's practice, the second practice of the spring. It is a quarterback competition for sure. The newcomer in the mix is Sawyer Robertson, a 6'4", 210-pound redshirt sophomore. He's a transfer from Mississippi State, originally out of Lubbock Coronado High School, and he talked about the selection of Baylor for his transfer.
3: It was definitely a combination of a lot of, a lot of things. Um, obviously, you know, being, being a long ways from home out there in Mississippi, is really good to come back um, closer to home. Um, obviously, I grew up in Lubbock, so I've been watching the Big 12 my entire life. And, uh, I mean, Baylor education, it just seemed like the perfect, uh, perfect fit.
4: Sawyer Robertson in the mix at quarterback. Of course, Blake Shapin is the returnee, the incumbent quarterback. Shapin heading into his redshirt junior year. And the Shreveport, Louisiana product says competition, nothing new at that
3: position. Yeah, I mean, I think I've been in a quarterback battle almost every year I've been here, so I don't think anything's really new with that. So, um, I don't I don't look at it differently. I look at it as an opportunity to grow and get better and and have that mindset to to keep growing and have someone just pushing me and making me better every single day. So, I'm looking to grow off of it. I'm not looking for anything to change in my mindset, only to grow and get better.
4: So, as always, a lot of eyes on the quarterback position here in the spring. But will that continue into fall camp? here is quarterbacks coach Sean Bell.
5: yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. I think that um, you know it, it, I think competition's always ongoing, right I think even through this through a season I think the best the best need to play. And so at any point in time, that, that opportunity presents itself at will. But, you know, we're really going day by day right now, and I think that we, we had a long conversation before the spring and then even today in the quarterback room and, and with those guys about how we're handling this competition and the, the unity in that room and the connectedness in that room. And it's really fun to see. I remember, like an offseason, it's unique. Sawyer's been here a short amount of time, and he's doing a drill, and Blake's cheering for him. Right? And and Blake's in today, Sawyer made a great throw. The first person to give him a high five was Blake Shapin, And vice versa. Blake makes a great throw. Sawyer's in the back yelling, great job Blake and so we talked about the unity in that room and it was something that we had in 21 with with the two guys we had and so I think I think that that'll carry over into the fall
4: former Baylor quarterback now quarterbacks coach Sean Bell following yesterday's practice at the Hires Athletic Complex in addition to Blake Shapin and Sawyer Robertson, there are two other quarterbacks in the room for the Bears. R.J. Martinez is a six-foot, 185-pound junior, a transfer from Northern Arizona, originally out of Austin Westwood High School. And Brayson McHenry is a 5'11", 193-pound redshirt freshman quarterback from Texarkana. And that's today's Baylor Spring Gridiron Report. The Bears back on the field next week. I'm John Morris.
3: And today's Baylor Spring Gridiron Report is brought to you by Barnett Contracting.
0: Just as it's heating up on the courts, and so are the deals
4: during Ram Truck Month at Allen Samuels in Waco. Get a new 2022 Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab with values up to $8,250 plus $500 to first responders. Or get 1.9% for 72 months. Pick from the best selection of brand new inventory in Central Texas. If we don't have exactly what you want, we can help you build the custom vehicle of your dreams. It's Ram Truck Month at Allen Samuels in Waco.
5: My house says I'm new.
2: spring is here and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old windows. Before the hot weather gets here, call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for years. Also, they offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's right, 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free
0: All right, welcome back into the program. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Ryan, glad to have you with us. Man, oh man, Ward White. Did you think Kansas State was was going to win the basketball game when it went to, to overtime?
2: I thought they still had a really good chance the way they were playing, yeah.
0: I was I was worried for him. I said, you know, because Noel missed a, missed a three. At the you know, of course it was nearly half court, you know, right at the end of the game, and then they also I think they missed a little layup uh, right there at 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 the buzzer, and I'm like, when you don't miss them, don't miss them, don't miss them. But man, they did. They came back and they played really well in the overtime period. And again, how about Tom Izzo's Michigan State team? They were terrific. I mean, you this game could have went either way, and you would not have been surprised. That's how good of a game it was. I mean, they just they just slugged it out. Just traded blows. And again, Michigan
2: State just didn't have an answer for Noel.
0: No. Nope. 43-38 Kansas State at the half. Then Michigan State outscores Kansas State in the second half 44-39, and the 5-minute overtime period was 16 to 11. They got after it. And it's a 98-93 Kansas State win. Did you see the alley oop? Yeah. Was that not an incredible play? It
2: absolutely was. I mean, he he was waving off Coach Tang's call the play and somehow found found a, a way to get that ball just right where it needed to be. Yeah. It couldn't have been a more perfect pass.
0: I uh, you know, they talked about it. You know, after the play, was that a design play? Did he and and Coach Tang kind of have that all? Was that all orchestrated? No way. You could tell by Tang's reaction that
2: he was trying to tell him to do something and Noel was waving him off.
0: It was. If it was a orchestrated play, it was well
2: executed. Well, it was play acted if it was, but it was (laughs) not. Tang was not. He really didn't.
0: Tang was he calling for play two or something, and, and Noel's like, "No, I want to run this one." And then next thing you know, the ball's going through the air, and yep. you got a guy cutting down the baseline. And well, here's Noel talking about it.
6: I mean, it was just a basketball play uh, between me and Keontae. Uh, we 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 knew how Michigan State, you know, plays defense. They play high up, um, and Keontae just told me like we got eye contact, and he was like, "Lob, blah. You know, I just I just threw it up, and he he made a, a great play.
0: Boy, did he ever. Mm-hmm. It's a great lob,
6: too. One
0: oh, of his was, 19
2: assists. Yeah, it was perfect. Right in front of the hoop.
0: He made a couple of passes last night, bounce passes in the paint. And I'm like, what does he do? Oh, nice pass. You know, I mean, it was that kind of play. It's like you don't make that play. That's not a play you make. Yet he made several of them last night. He was – no, oh, he did some He's, dimes last night. He was special. I mean, I, I don't know how else to explain it. He was just – that was just special. 20-19 for Marquise Noel in a 98-93 victory. And he had five steals, none bigger than the last one. Oh, absolutely. Put the game away. Prevented them from having a, a Hail Mary. Which I don't know
2: how he got away with that. I mean, it was clean. But, well, that could have easily been called a foul from the official swallow I, I, the whistle. Yes. Thank goodness he did.
0: 5 seconds to go in the game. Swallow yeah. the whistle. Yep. Let him play. So, 98-93 in overtime for Kansas State and uh I, like I said the other the only stinker was uh Yukon and Arkansas and that never really was a game. I mean, I, I flip over there and it's it's a 18-point game in the first half. And I went, well, good night, Eileen. That's Bad the end match of Bad matchup for
2: Arkansas last it was. Night.
0: They just did not pair up with with Connecticut very well. And Connecticut uh, wins 88-65. And then, of course, uh, as we mentioned, the, the nine seed, Florida Atlantic, continues to move along. They're 34-3, and by the way. 34-3. and That's not too shabby for a mid-major, huh? Nine seed, 34-3? and no. Nope. And Gonzaga wins last night. Again, they're down 13 at the half. It's 46-33, and as far as I was concerned, I said, there's no way UCLA will kick this 13-point halftime advantage. Oh, but they did. Yeah. Because Gonzaga outscores them by 16 in the second half and wins Mm 79-76. How long, by the way, how long is – Timmy been playing for Gonzaga eight or nine years, 10 yeah, years. I, I, as long as I can
2: remember, I don't
0: know. That dude has been around forever. Uh, oh, by the way, 36 and 13 for him, 36 points, 13 rebounds. And it was just tremendous. He was, he was so good and UCLA really didn't have an answer for him. No, they didn't. I mean, he, outside, inside, whatever he wanted, he got. And Gonzaga was smart enough to get him the basketball. They fed him the basketball, and he he put on a show. It's fun to watch. Fun to watch. 7-22, uh, 22 after 7. This is game time. You just heard the uh, Baylor Spring Gridiron football report with John Morris. What do you make of the quarterback competition again? I know that was kind of what we we've, we've featured today because, look, we got to talk to Sean Bell yesterday after practice and the two quarterbacks, and they both are saying the right things you know hey he's making me better i make you know but, blah 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 right but for blake shaping the pressure's on shaping I, absolutely but i you know i was my thought we were i was kind of talking to a couple of guys yesterday but don't you know that when he won the job last spring he probably was thinking okay this is my football team for the next couple of years and then Lo and behold, a year later, finds himself in another quarterback competition. Well, because of what he did on the field last year, or didn't. Yeah, yeah. And so he's, you know, and he he mentioned it uh, yesterday. He said, "Hey, look, every every year that I played, I've always been in a competition situation." And he said, "I'm I'm okay with it." Now, is that conversation for us, the media, and the fans, or does he really believe, you know, "Hey, look, it's okay to compete." He better believe it's okay to compete. Because he is. Yeah. Now, last year, as you know, at the end of spring, the staff made the announcement that Blake Shapin was going to start over Gary Bohannon, which gave Bohannon the opportunity to transfer, if he so choose, to, chose to do, and he did. He, he transferred out. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and we asked Sean Bell that yesterday. I mean, I, I asked him point blank, you know, do you want to have this done? By the end of spring, are you okay with it moving into fall? And he 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 said, "Hey, look, it's going to be an ongoing competition." So, uh, he didn't say yes or no, but it sounded like to me that I don't think you're going to see an announcement at the end of spring of who's going to be the starter. And
2: that's to the head coach's philosophy, how he wants to handle that. I think, and that's smart by Sean Bell by saying, "Hey, basically, this is not—I I don't have the final call in this." This is my position, but I'm not the one that's going to step out on a limb and say, hey, this is our guy. So,
0: well and I also get what said, he said. He also said the competition was not going to end just because spring drills ended. Well, in, it better. As it, it moves better, into fall.
2: It better. I mean, you better have a pretty good idea, and I think they will, have a really good idea of who is QB1 going into the fall. Now, that doesn't mean it can change. It can't change. Right. But they better have a pretty good idea because
0: if they don't, then there's a problem. I, I think that was his point. What you just said, but I, I'm with you. And I and I told you this before we went on the air this morning. I, I, I believe whether they say it, I think they'll
2: know it. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll they'll say it. I don't. You, you shouldn't have to. It's none of our business. Although we all want to know. Well, yeah, <laughs> we do. But
0: I mean, if it's my team. I'm not telling you. And they're going to get asked about it until they do announce or we see a depth chart, mm-hmm. you know. But, yes. Uh, and I'm going to put that out a week before the game. Or you've seen it walk up to game day before. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and, and you're right. There's one guy that's going to get QB1 reps. every.
2: Well, I think they should both get QB1 reps for right now.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the week of the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the week of the first game, September the second. But look, as this thing as the spring moves along, I think it will kind of resolve itself. At least I hope it does. Oh, it will. Where the you know, and you'll they'll know in the room, the QB the QB room, and they'll also know in that locker room. I mean, the, it, it will kind of. I, I think it will kind of take care of itself, and they won't have to announce. And they're certainly not going. I don't think they'll announce to. I don't think they're going to. They're going to print a depth chart at the end of April. I wouldn't. To pass out. Here's here's the depth chart. Here's our 2 deep. You yeah. know. But again, and I think to be fair to Bohannon last year, that's why they, they came out with it. That was the only reason they came out with it. It was, you know, to give that kid a chance to, or if they would have went with Bohannon, to give Shapen a chance. Whatever the case may be, they were going to give somebody a chance to move on. Sawyer Robertson's not going anywhere if he doesn't win the job he just well, got here. I I don't think it matters. I I I don't
2: I don't know that I mean if he has an opportunity to go anywhere or Shapin has an opportunity to go anywhere, I just to me it's it's an in-house deal that that doesn't really matter. Now, I think the Bohannon deal and Shapin last year, I think there was such a big gap between the two is why they made the announcement and said Hey, we're gonna go here because there is a huge gap here, and we can fill that gap with somebody. And I, you know, I think it was one good for him to be able to to transfer, like you just mentioned. And the thing was, it
0: wasn't that close. Hmm. Huh. I've never heard that that it wasn't that close. It, it maybe it wasn't. Maybe that's the reason why they went and said, you know what, let's go ahead and get this deal done now mm-hmm. because it's it's not going to change. And that very well may be the case. I don't know. Uh, and again, I, they're not publicly going to tell you that, hey, he ran away with the job. No, they're not. They're not going to do that. So anyway. That's just what I feel. No, and it, you very well could be right. I mean, that's I just never heard it put that way. I mean, it, it certainly could, could have unfolded that way. Uh, and again, but again, Suri Robertson transferring from Mississippi State to Baylor. He's he's not packing up and moving on again, I don't think. Well, he can. Well, oh, absolutely. Although I think they're changing that transfer rule a little bit. When does it go in effect? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, boy, it's a lot of moving parts, isn't it, in college athletics, mm-hmm. college football, NIL, and all that good stuff. Uh, Seven twenty nine. By the way, we we failed to mention. Let me go ahead and give you the games. I want I want I want some thoughts on these games for tonight, uh, as far as the um, Sweet 16 continue tonight. We had the four games last night. So as far as tonight is concerned, you got Alabama and San Diego State. That's a one and a five. That's the number one and a five. What do you think? Alabama. Oh, yeah. Uh, Houston and Miami, that's a one and a five.
3: That probably. Be a I'm going to ride closer. with the Cougs. Yeah, me too.
0: We all saw this coming, didn't we? It's a 15 playing to six. It's Princeton and Creighton. Creighton.
3: Creighton, yeah. That's, yeah, that's going to be a good game, though.
0: Glass Lipper
2: falls off tonight.
0: Princeton. Who's beat them?
2: Well, Creighton will tonight.
0: All right. Xavier and Texas? Texas. Ugh. Texas.
2: They're playing <laughs> well, aren't they?
0: Mm. I mean, they really are. Yeah. Uh, you can't deny that. That's do we have two teams in the final four from the big 12
2: mm, no who goes down I don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know
3: uh, I mean look at what it could what it could be I mean Kansas State will have FAU right that's exactly right and then Texas would likely get Houston
0: yeah, yeah, I, it, I, I don't know. <laughs> that is tough. I don't know. It's either going to be if that happens, you're either going to have a, a an exiting Big Twelve or a incoming Big Twelve. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, in, in would you deny Kansas State right now? I
2: don't think you can.
0: I don't either. I do You know what? I'm drink. Say and what you, you want. I'm drinking can, the Kool Aid.
2: And you know, it's kind of like what I just said about Princeton. That that glass slipper has to fall off at some point. And for FAU, it could be could be this coming Saturday.
0: Wow. I think Kansas State's pretty good basketball team. Indeed. Boy. How much fun is this? Seven thirty one. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas.
7: Join us for our next Baylor Coaches Show from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco, with the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Join us Thursday, March
4: 30th, for our next Baylor Coaches Show live from Rudy's. Our guest, Michael Woodson from Baylor Men's Tennis and Acrobatics and Tumbling Head Coach Felicia Mulkey. The Baylor
7: Coaches Show live from Rudy's and here on the flagship station for Baylor
8: Athletics, ESPN Central Texas.
6: Hey, folks, Derek Scott here at Jim Turner Chevrolet. There are so many seasons upon us. March Madness basketball, baseball, and NASCAR. So needless to say, we are full-throttle here at Jim Turner's Chevrolet as we enter truck season. And here we go again with 0% financing on every new Silverado in stock. We have over 200 new and pre-owned vehicles to choose from, and folks, we will not be beat over price. So give us a call, 840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerschevy.com. And remember, folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We'll treat you like family. Ready to score? Switch checking accounts to earn 4% APY at First Central Credit Union. It's a full-court press with First Central's free Kasasa checking that pays 4% APY and refunds all your ATM fees with a savings account combo that earns you money. This season, ask for Kasasa checking. It's easy to apply online at firstcentralcu.com. Make the switch. We're your team.
2: APY is annual percentage yield. Eligibility and qualifications apply. Member NCUA. Member NCUA.
6: ESPN Radio
1: Sports Center.
5: I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas sports update brought to you by ASCO Equipment and Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. A tournament record 19 assists by Marquise Noel helped Kansas State to a 98-93 overtime win over Michigan State to advance to the Elite Eight. The MCC High Lassies have advanced to the second round of the Junior College Women's National Basketball Tournament with a 50-47 overtime win over Murray State. They're in action again this afternoon at 5 o'clock against Trinity Valley. Baylor softball starts a three-game weekend series in Stillwater today against Oklahoma State. First pitch tonight is at 6 o'clock and you can hear the game on Cool 101.3 FM. Baylor Baseball also instill water to take on Oklahoma State. They get underway at 6 30 this evening, and you can catch the play-by-play on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center,
1: every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
0: All right, 734. Welcome back in. This is Game Time, your first word at sports. Tom Ward. Ryan, we're glad to have you with us. As we talk NCAA basketball, speaking of which, coming up at three this afternoon on the John Morris show, it'll be Fran Fischilla from ESPN radio uh, at ESPN television. And we welcome in from Westwood one radio, Ted Emmerich. Ted, good morning. Hey man. How are you today? Tom doing great. How about you? Doing terrific. We appreciate your time. Ah, uh, how about this NCAA basketball tournament? Ted, can it get any better?
7: Well, it was uh, pretty action-packed last night, right, as we uh, started the Sweet 16. And I just love that – let's start with Kansas State, uh, a team that I got to see quite a bunch uh, doing games in the Big 12 on ESPN. Um, I had them very early when they beat West Virginia in the conference opener, and they beat Baylor in Waco uh, in a terrific overtime game. And when they beat Baylor, that sent Baylor at the time to 0-3, and K-State to 3-0, and and you, you, you were starting to think, okay, the team that was picked to finish last in the Big 12, maybe they've got something. But in the deep recesses of your mind, you're wondering, like, this can't be real, right? <laughs> I mean, this team hasn't been to the tournament in a few years. They had only two scholarship guys when Jerome Tang took over, had to dip into the portal and grab an entire team essentially and look who they are. Look at what they have become and look at the belief that they play with. I i just love that Marquise Noel, their point guard, who I I mean, I was convinced uh in Big 12 play, like this guy is playing as well as any point guard in America. I don't care how tall he is. I love that everyone in the nation now understands what he's about and who he is. Uh, the plays that he made last night to beat Michigan State, whether it's a no-look pass, whether it's the lob to Keontae Johnson in overtime, whether it's uh, a wild turnaround end of the shot clock banker that he makes, uh, we've seen all that. Baylor saw that. We, <laughs> The entire Big 12 saw that, and <clears throat> now... Uh, the rest of the nation is understanding who he is.
2: What makes him so hard, Ted? Is it is it trying to defend them, or is it on the defensive end?
7: Ward, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, this guy leads the nation in career steals. Uh, that's among active players, and so he, he is, has such quick hands and can pick your pocket at any time. But offensively, just the level of control – with which he plays, which was not always the case last year when he was playing alongside Nigel Pack, who of course is now at Miami. Uh, it, he has grown so much as a player in one year under Jerome Tang. The way Tang put it, and obviously Baylor fans know Tang so well, is twenty years with Scott Drew. But Tang put it to to me one time: we we have to give him guardrails. Uh, You you know, a a train doesn't go anywhere on sand. A train needs tracks to run on. So it's not like that they are turning Marquis Noel into some game manager and they're slowing the pace down. And listen, this is how we play. This is how we're going to do it. No, of course not. You have to give him freedom. He is an artist. He improvises. But – you have to make sure that he plays within somewhat of a system to do that, and it's been the perfect mesh between coach and point guard Tang and Noel, and we've seen the results all year long.
0: Ted, I'm gonna take you way back to the beginning of the tournament. You you worked the uh, the play in games or the first four, whatever you want to call it, in, in Dayton. Is is that an event that should stay in Dayton, or would or or are you in favor of maybe moving that around and, and sharing that with the with the entire country? Uh,
7: Well, I think there are a few questions there, Tom. Are are we expanding the tournament uh, even more like has been rumored? In that case, you might have uh, a (laughs) a first four, a first eight, a first (laughs) however many, right? And it might be at different sites uh, across the nation. Uh, having done the first four uh, four times now for Westwood One, I love that it's in Dayton because Dayton is a city that loves its hoops and they come out and support that event no matter who is there. It you know it, it, this year whether it's Pittsburgh and Mississippi State, whether it's Arizona State, it doesn't matter. They fill that place up. And get twelve, thirteen thousand people in there. And that's that's remarkable because I think to the rest of the country, it's like, well, the tournament doesn't really start until Thursday. And we get that, right? That's when it truly begins and the you know, the madness and the upsets and all of that. But the first four is such a fun event, I think, just because you have sixteen seeds outside of FDU and UMBC who have a legitimate chance of winning a tournament game. And you have the at-large teams that just sneaked into the field and are trying to turn that new lease on life into a deep run. And usually they (laughs) go from the first four and they win at least a game. One team does that every year, and sometimes they make long runs. So I'd love to, to, if it's, going to stay the way it is, field at 68, and we have the four games uh, as play-in as part of the first four, then I'd love for it to stay in Dayton.
2: Last night, Connecticut, Arkansas was not a good matchup for them. That was pretty evident down low. But Gonzaga taking care of business against UCLA in that big comeback, does it kind of feel like Gonzaga's on another little special run that Gonzaga comes up with?
7: Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it from this team, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I love Drew Timmy, and again, a, a DFW product, uh, played his high school ball at, at Richardson Pierce, um, but I figured, man, they, I, I understand that there are veterans in the backcourt, including former Iowa State guard, uh, Rajier Bolton, but I wondered, is there enough around Timmy And sure enough, you have someone like Julian Strother, a former ESPN 100 recruit, who has come into his own and hits the massive shot last night. But he has delivered performances like that, uh, you know, over the course of the season. Um, You know, UCLA certainly hurt. They're they're shorthanded. You know, they could use Jalen Clark. uh, But, you know, Gonzaga, man they're they're due they're due at some point i i just i didn't figure that it would be uh this team that could make uh a deep run I, I thought they would bow out uh if not last night perhaps in in the uh in the first weekend but uh here they are now in the elite eight ted
0: 15 princeton six creighton is that why we love this event
7: It's funny, Tom, like I was thinking about it this morning, it it doesn't seem as shocking as it should be, but that's where the tournament has gone. And maybe some of that is St. Peter's last year. It's like, yeah, 15th seed can not just make it to the second weekend, but even go all the way to the Elite Eight. Would we be surprised tonight if Princeton beat Creighton? And again, it's a 15 next to the name. Who cares? That, that that doesn't matter nearly as much uh, as it used to. Even a 16, now that we've seen it twice, uh, beating a one. It, yeah, it It's not like there is full-fledged parity uh, in the men's game, but it's certainly a lot more wide open than it used to be.
2: Alabama, do they have the best defense in this tournament, and is it even close?
7: Uh, the best defense? No. I think that's that's their uh, Achilles heel, honestly. Uh, offense, you could argue, yes, uh, with all the weapons they have. Uh, in fact, I think Nate Holtz wants his team to play better defense. Uh, and listen, they're strong on, on both sides of the court. Um, but in terms of offensive efficiency, uh, whether Brandon Miller – you know, can produce or not, and that wasn't always the case the first weekend of the tournament. Uh, they just come at you in waves uh with so many weapons and listen it it starts with Miller, certainly, uh, who should very well be a top five pick in the NBA draft. Um, you know that's that's their strong suit, and that's what makes this matchup with San Diego State so fascinating because San Diego State. Uh, I don't think wants to get up and down like Alabama uh, tends to do. And who will be able to control that pace? Usually it's the team that uh, will slow things down. They control the pace better than the team that wants to get up and down. Um, I I don't think San Diego state has enough firepower overall uh, to stick with Alabama. Uh, But again, that's what makes the tournament. Great. We'll find out tonight.
0: The uh, Texas Longhorns, when everything happened, uh, before Christmas, I mean, that thing could have went in the ditch and, and Rodney Terry didn't let it go, get in the ditch. The job that he's done, Ted, has has been horrific. Uh,
7: is is he the next head coach at, at Texas? I, I have no idea, but what more can he do? <laughs> you know, getting them to the second weekend for the first time in so long, uh, he has aced the job interview. The, the, this entire season, since that Rice game, Back in December, uh, when he took over that day as Chris Beard uh, was booked, you know, what more can you ask for over the last three months than what Rodney Terry has done? His players adore him. I mean, that's evident by what you saw in Kansas City uh, during the Big 12 tournaments, what they have said uh, you know, leading up to the, the Sweet 16 game, um, they feed off him. That's clear. Uh, and, you know, listen, whether it's Dick Vitale or or whoever else, uh, you've seen many people call for Chris Del Conte to just remove that interim tag and name him the permanent head coach. Um, it's It's such a unique situation because we hear the reports that, Cal and Penn State are very interested in Terry uh to be their head coach. Meanwhile, he's got a job right now, or does he? Huh. And and how how put yourself in that position. How do you coach? How do you recruit along the way like Rodney Terry has? And you know, keeping up the relationship with one of the top recruits in America, Ron Holland, uh from Duncanville. Uh, who I'll see in the McDonald's All-American game early next week on ESPN, uh, wh- while wondering, am I even going to be here next week? That's It's remarkable what he's done and what the team has done. I mean, it, it's a study in compartmentalization, how you're able to do that, how, how you are able to set aside those thoughts of, am I going to be here or not? from a player's perspective, where am I going to be? Where where is my, you know, is coach Terry going to be here? All of that. And they have left that wherever they have gone onto the court every single night and they've taken care of business and, you know, all the credit to them. And now they have such an opportunity in front of them, uh, especially, uh, you know, in, in their region, um, to continue this and make it to the final four. Uh, They're built for it. They have the guard play. Dylan Duesoux has awakened and given them huge games in the tournament. They have all the pieces. Jabari Rice, you know, off the bench, doesn't matter, one of the best players in America. Uh, Marcus Carr is the veteran uh, and can get you a bucket whenever he wants. Like, they've got all the pieces necessary Uh, it's just going to be fascinating to see how it plays out with Terry.
2: Ted, could this be the year finally the Houston Cougars get a championship and do it in their home city?
7: It's as good a chance as as they have had. There's no – and you you talk about rebuilding. Uh, You guys know all about it. With Scott Drew at Baylor, uh, that's the best rebuilding job, I think, in the history of college basketball. Well, what Kelvin Sampson has done – at houston uh over the last decade uh it's approaching that what he inherited when he took over i mean that program was dilapidated and the arena was literally falling apart and to see what they are now and the identity that they have how they beat you up on the glass especially on the offensive end to go with the skill level in the backcourt, especially this year with Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd. Listen, it comes down to Sasser's groin. It's that simple. And he showed it in the first weekend of the tournament. He seems to be fine coming off the groin injury that he suffered in the American conference tournament semifinals. Uh, He said yesterday that he should be at 90% tonight against Miami I don't know what percentage he was at last weekend. He looks just fine when he's sitting five threes and scored 22 points against Auburn. So uh, it, he has to be that conference player of the year, all American level player, if Houston is going to have a chance to win it all. But yes, they, they have, you know, just like Texas, I love how their team is built. I love how Houston is built. I think they have all, they check all the boxes uh, for a team that can win six games in the tournament and cut down the nets.
0: Ted, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Uh, Where can we find you next?
7: I've got the McDonald's All-American Games, uh, both the girls and boys on ESPN uh, next week, Tuesday night. uh, 5.30 girls on ESPN2 and the boys at 8.00. Uh, On ESPN. And in fact, we will see uh, Baylor recruit Jacoby Walter, uh, originally from McKinney, Texas, played his senior year at Link Academy uh, in Missouri, Uh, one of the best scorers in the class of 2023. And so Baylor fans will certainly want to see him just like they saw Keontae George. Uh, shine in this game a year ago uh, Walter is another elite recruit that Scott Drew has pulled in uh, and can't wait to see him the McDonald's All-American games are in Houston uh, this year so easy for me uh, <laughs> heading from Dallas to Houston this weekend uh, we'll, we'll certainly take it
0: Ted thanks as always good to visit with you buddy
7: you got it take care
0: have a good day that's Ted Emrick from my ESPN and Westwood One Radio I was driving down the road the other day and there's Ted calling the first four and I thought mm-hmm. well Got to get him on the program. Uh, All right, 7.52, uh, coming up at the top of the hour. We're going to switch gears, talk some high school football. Greg Tepper. From Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine is up next. Recently on Game Time, joined now this morning by the Vice President and Director of Intercollegiate Athletics, Mack Road.
9: I, I have yet to see anything compelling that shortening the game is in the in the best interest of the health of our student athletes. But I think there's there's other ways to make it safer. Just don't know shortening the
1: game by you know two to three to five minutes is 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 going to do that. Game Time weekdays at seven. AM on ESPN Central Texas. If your vendor does not value your feedback, you're with the wrong one. At UBO Business Services, we are serious about being in the service business. We send a survey after every service call. If it's positive, we call or email them with a thank you for their feedback. If it is negative, we call to see how we can make it better. No matter what your business is, we are all in the customer service business. In your office, if your sticker does not say UBO on the machine, do they really care? Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com.
10: Race season is on, and it's time for the chaos. The chaos. The third annual Lone Star Forklift Funny Car Classic presented by SoCal Speed Shop of Waco is going to pound the ground at the Texas Motorplex March 23rd through March 25th. Cars from coast to coast register. Three, three days, days of run-what-you-run run run whopper action. <laughs> Plus wild-winged outfueled alters, gear-slamming, dirty self-gassers, flying breathing jet dragsters, and much, much more. 12 and under are free. And every ticket is a pit pass. Discounted pre-sale tickets available now at TexasMotorPlex.com. Or get them at the gate. Can you smell the nitro? nitro. You know what to do. Be there. Be there. <laughs> the Chaos is brought to you by Spell Paving,
1: Wolf Pumps, Fats Tires, Excel Drywall, and Performance Motor Coaches. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com.
10: Hi, my name is Russ, and I work for Wackett Realtors with local offices in Waco and China Spring. I've lived in the Waco area for 20 plus years and as an Army combat veteran, I understand the needs and concerns veterans and active duty have when it's time to find your dream home. My specialty is veterans, but I'm here to help all, whether you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate. I've got you covered. Call Russ at 512-417-9772. Salute to all veterans in Central Texas.
1: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
5: I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment and Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. A tournament record 19 assists by Marquise Noel helped Kansas State to a 98-93 overtime win over Michigan State to advance to the Elite Eight. The MCC High Lassies have advanced to the second round of the Junior College Women's National Basketball Tournament with a 50-47 overtime win over Murray State. They're in action again this afternoon at 5 o'clock against Trinity Valley. Baylor softball starts a three-game weekend series in Stillwater today against Oklahoma State. First pitch tonight is at 6 o'clock, and you can hear the game on Cool 101.3 FM. Baylor baseball also in Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. They get underway at 6.30 this evening, and you can catch the play-by-play on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's now time for Did You Know? with Ryan Fox.
3: I know you're a history buff, Tom, so I know you'll like this one. Did you know that today is Clyde Barrow's birthday? Is it really? Yes, he was born on this day in 1909, part of the Bonnie and Clyde uh, robbery spree in Texas. He was born in part Ellis the- County. Ca- <laughs> part of the. He was he was the Clyde in that that little duo there. Born in Ellis County, Texas. Did you know that there is a Bonnie and Clyde museum Yes. In, in Louisiana and in Gibsland which is just uh, east of Shreveport and that's where the pol- the police caught them and they died in that shootout well they have a museum there that has like the, the weapons the car they were driving I th- sure I was they do
2: so does Vegas so
3: does yeah, <laughs> so
2: everyone so does, yeah every, <laughs> everywhere you go prove it's not yeah. prove yeah. it's not and what was, right. that, what was that movie that is a
0: cool museum though I've been there
3: that's awesome what, what was that movie The Highwaymen yeah Highwaymen with
0: um Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson and uh uh Bates uh what's uh what's her name? Uh Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, yeah, yes. thanks. Great movie. Great movie. Awesome. And there's some history at the end of the movie as well, you know, they when they roll the credits. I did not realize just how many people attended those funerals. Although it was bon- a large number. Yeah, it was like six or seven thousand. But Bonnie's funeral was more attended than Clyde's funeral. She was the star, I guess. I don't know. Buried in Dallas. Yep. Well, they're from Dallas. I mean, you know, uh, over in... Ellis County? Yeah. Over in... Uh, I think it was over towards Oak Cliff, wasn't it?
2: I think so. Yeah. I'm not real sure the location where they came from, but... Interesting I think, stuff. I think... Was it her dad or his dad had a gas station in Oak his Cliff? Dad. His, his dad. dad.
0: His dad did. Yep.
3: And did you know that today is Peyton Manning's birthday? He turns 47 today, born in New Orleans... Louisiana, played for the Colts, Broncos, two-time Super Bowl champ, five-time NFL MVP, pro football Hall of Fame class of 2021. Where does he rank in all-time quarterbacks for you guys?
0: Top five. Yeah, absolutely. I
3: I agree. Talking about a winner.
0: There's a winner. Mm -hmm.
3: Then, did you know that on this day in 1958, Elvis Presley, rock and roll star, joined the U.S. Army? And it, it made me think about what celebrities have served in the U.S. military, and there's a bunch of them. A lot of baseball players. Yes, absolutely. There's both. Prices Right host, Bob Bar- Bob Barker and Drew Carey both served in the U.S. Army. Tom Selleck served in the military as well. He played Magnum PI. Morgan he was in Fre- the
2: Navy, I believe.
3: Yes, and then uh, Morgan Freeman, Johnny Cash, Clint Eastwood, Jimi Hendrix served in the military as well. Johnny Wait Cash. a minute, Johnny Cash was Air Force. <laughs> well, no, uh, military. Well, I, yeah, I, I know. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying he was in the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, are you sure? Yes. I did, I did my research. I wonder how
0: long he stayed. Not very.
3: <laughs> <laughs> then uh, James Earl Jones. Most people probably think of him as Darth, the voice of Darth Vader, but I, when I when I think of James Earl Jones, I think of Mr. Myrtle from The Sandlot. And then Jackie Robinson also Mr. served. Mr.
2: Myrtle. How about The Lion King? How about Field of Dreams? Wasn't he yep. in Field of
3: Dreams? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But The Sandlot's my favorite baseball movie. So Then also, yes, Jackie Robinson served in the U.S. Army as well. So there you
0: go. Elvis was stationed in Fort Hood, by the way. Yes, and he would visit Waco quite frequently. So. That's awesome. There you go. All right, seven fifty nine. It's time now for uh, John Morris to uh, bring you today's Baylor Sports Beat program.
8: It's time now for the Baylor Sports Beat. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
6: Everybody, it's time for a
4: check of Baylor Athletics on the Friday. Baylor Sports Beat coming up. It is a very busy weekend in the spring here in Baylor Athletics. We'll look ahead at the weekend, including Baylor track and field hosting the newly christened Clyde Hart Classic. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat.
3: Oh, her first word, Mama. Then,
11: before I knew it, Mom. Soccer practice, art club, driver's ed, dating, graduation, five years of college.
6: Mom, this is Ted. Wedding bells, and suddenly. Mom!
7: Life fast forwards. Keep up with Texas Farm Bureau insurance and protection that changes with your auto, home, and life needs. It's the right coverage for any moment. Because moments worth covering are never accidents. Get a free review of your current policy. Call 877 farm Bureau.
11: Discounts may vary by
7: situation.
4: Just as it's heating up on the courts, and so are the deals during Ram Truck Month at Allen Samuels in Waco. Get a new 2022 Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab with values up to $8,250 plus $500 to first responders. Or get 1.9% for 72 months. Pick from the best selection of brand-new inventory in Central Texas. If we don't have exactly what you want, we can help you build the custom vehicle of your dreams. It's Ram Truck Month at Allen Samuels in in
7: Waco. Join us for our next Baylor Coaches Show from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Join
4: us Thursday, March 30th for our next Baylor Coaches Show live from Rudy's. Our guest, Michael Woodson from Baylor Men's Tennis and Acrobatics and Tumbling head coach,
7: Felicia Mulkey. The Baylor Coaches Show live from Rudy's and here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas.
8: Now, for a look at what's happening this weekend in Baylor Athletics. Here again is John Morris.
4: And welcome back. It is a busy weekend here in the spring in Baylor Athletics, including Baylor Equestrian at the Big 12 Championships matched against top seed Oklahoma State beginning this morning at 10. Women's tennis in action at home twice this weekend, tonight at 6 versus West Virginia, Sunday afternoon at noon versus Iowa State. Baylor baseball and softball both on the road this weekend, both in Stillwater. The baseball Bears taking on the Cowboys beginning at 6 tonight. The softball Bears taking on the Cowgirls beginning at 6 tonight, also in Stillwater. And Baylor track and field hosting the Clyde Hart Classic beginning today and running through tomorrow at Clyde Hart Track and Field Stadium. This is what was formerly known as the Baylor Invitational, with an outstanding field, says track and field head coach Michael Ford.
0: Well, we have uh, we have TCU from um, down in Fort Worth. We have UTA. We have uh, who else? Oklahoma State's coming. Uh, we have Gramlin State. We have uh, Louisiana Tech. Um I'm trying to think who else is coming mm-hmm. to the meet. But it's a it's a it's a quality meet mm-hmm. and it, actually we have some schools from up north, so we got Michigan State and mm-hmm. then we also have Minnesota. So we're looking forward to them to get some warmer weather. Yeah. And um so we're we're praying that we can give them some warmer weather to get some marks in for uh, to qualify for their conference championships and they're also regionals.
4: Michael Ford and Baylor Track and Field hosting the Clyde Hart Classic today and tomorrow at Clyde Hart Track and Field Stadium on the banks of the Brazos. Also, top ranked and undefeated Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling back in action on Saturday at 5 in the Farrell Center hosting Quinnipiac. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. Have a great and safe weekend. More Monday. I'm John Morris.
1: From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Time to talk high school football with Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Just after 8 o'clock, this is game time
0: here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Ryan, glad to have you with us. And we're joined now by Greg Tepper. From Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, Greg. Uh, before we before we talk X's and O's, I, I know the other day would have been uh, Mr. Campbell's birthday.
12: Hmm.
0: Have you have you ever just sat back and reflected on where this thing began with with Dave Campbell and Hollis Biddle to where it is today, and just the growth of Texas football?
12: Oh, oh only every day. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I, you know, when you're surrounded by it, like when you're in our office and like the magazines, like we have the whole like, wall full of magazines and all the memorabilia and stuff like that. In a lot of ways, it is kind of a museum to Dave. And so, like, yeah, you think about it every day, and, and it is. Yeah, he would have been 98 last week, um, uh, and, and it, it really is a testament to his vision. He and Hollis Biddle and his wife, Areva, um, you know th- their vision and their their idea that they had back in 1959, 1960 um, th- th- to do this, and and you know it's now been you know a little more than a year since he passed away, and so you you kind of you, you think about like the legacy of of people uh, in uh, in that time, and and what what always strikes me is I, I really do think, and I don't want to overstate it, but I really do think that in a lot of ways Texas high school football wouldn't be what it is today without a guy like Dave and without, you know, what that that kind of motley crew back in 1959 <laughs> put together, Um because it, it did it, it gave it, it what it did was it turned a really local sport, a super hyper local sport of like you understood your team and maybe the team next to you. And, and oh, man, maybe if you get to the playoffs, you know, the team from the county over. Um, into a statewide thing. It turned it into a brand in the same way that, you know, NCAA tournament is going on right now. And in that same way that people know, uh, you know, people know about Gonzaga, you know, uh, Gonzaga is a program that, uh, a a school that functionally people in Texas should have no idea about, you know, it's it's not anywhere near, uh, anywhere near, you know, the, the state of Texas. But because of the national brand of college football, college basketball, people know about Gonzaga I think that's kind of what the magazine did for Texas high school football. It kind of kind of, uh, nationalized it, for, for, for lack of a better term, and it gave it that kind of statewide brand, and it allowed people, I think, to feel pride in what is the entire spectacle. And so I go back, and I think about what Dave did a lot, and and, and our job, as we are now starting the process of putting together the 64th annual edition, mm-hmm. um, with that that to me we think about that every day is, is we do right by him because he he did he did all the legwork to get to, to set us up for success all we got to do is not screw
9: it up
2: lots of big moves in the coaching ranks as we go through the spring and and i don't know if there's more this year it just seems like there's quite a few more this time of year than we've seen before but none bigger than Rodney Webb heading back to Rockwall after leaving and going to Denton Geyer, being very successful there. Now he takes over Rockwall Heath after they lose their coach uh, in at the start of spring drills.
12: Yeah, it, it's a big move. And, and to, to your first point, wh- this is about, it feels like a lot because there's always kind of this flurry right now, kind of before and after spring break um we are about this is about average for for, for a year this is uh, especially for a non-realignment year realignment years tend to be a little heavier uh, but for a non-realignment year I believe right now we're sitting at 138 Uil 11 man coaching changes that is about par for the course we'll probably end up landing somewhere around 160 uh, which is about average in you in, in a realignment year it may be closer to 190 or even 200 I think uh, there are some coaches who kind of look at their new district draw and say I don't know if I want any part of that um uh, anyway your <laughs> point point about, uh, about Rodney Webb is, is well taken because it is, it is a big deal. Uh, he's a guy who obviously knows his way around Rockwall uh, ISD. He was su- super successful there at Rockwall High. Um, and, and did great things before he went on, and he was the athletic director at Highland Park for a year. Um, it's interesting. So, so obviously the Rockwell Heath came open because of the situation with John Harrell there at Rockwell Heath, uh, with the the allegations of, uh, of, of the, uh, a really intense practice that hospitalized a number of players. That investigation, I believe, is still ongoing. But he, eventually, he he did get he did get suspended. Uh, I believe he was put on administrative leave, and it kind of sounds like the situation was such that. Even before the investigation was going to come to a close, the situation was so toxic for both sides that it was just better for everybody if, if, he, if he resigned, and so he did, leaving open the job for, uh, for Rodney Webb. It is interesting, though, because a couple of years ago when um, you know, when, when, uh, when Rodney Webb left uh, Denton-Geyer – or he left Rockwell to go to Denton-Geyer, and then he left Denton-Geyer to go to become the athletic director at Highland Park – I think we all kind of looked at that and said, "Okay, well, that is—I mean, functionally, that's a retirement gig, right? That's the kind of thing. That's the kind of job that you take when you say, all 'All right, I'm going to play out the string. I'm going to work until I don't want to work anymore, uh, until you know, I get the kind—I of – suppose the kind of TRS kind of pension that you want, and then I'm going to—I'm going to retire.' Uh, but I do think that that speaks to—I've sp- spoken to Rodney Webb, but I, I know him pretty well. Uh, that probably speaks to." him not him getting that itch and i think i i wonder if football season was really hard for him uh, to sit on the sidelines and not be calm plays and not be uh, you know deeply involved in that Uh, you know there was also the other thing that i think is interesting and and now we're just wildly speculating because that's that's fun to do um whenever he took the job there at highland park as the ad i think there were some people who thought oh well he's doing that to be the heir apparent to uh, Randy Allen, the long-standing legendary coach and second winningest coach in Texas high school football history uh, there whenever he were to retire. Um, I don't know if I ever bought that and I, I don't know if I ever thought that was going to be the case. But certainly if that was going to if that was the case, uh, he must have seen something that said that Randy Allen's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, and here's an opportunity to go, quote unquote, home. Uh, to to Rockwall ISD and take over a Heath program that is, is is on the rise. So it's it's a really fascinating uh, move with a lot of different tentacles to it and and a lot of things to break down. I'm interested to uh, I'm interested to talk to Rodney Webb on the record and then I'm also interested to talk to Rodney Webb off the record and figure out exactly what was going on.
0: Greg, what are you hearing uh, about the Taylor job? Uh, again, that's a place that hasn't won a lot, but my goodness, do they have? Unbelievable facilities and, and, and a great situation there. What are you hearing about that situation and, uh, and Brandon Houston?
12: Yeah, it was, it was. I think it was a little bit of a shock. And a shock is probably a little bit of a surprise. Uh, whenever uh, Brandon Houston stepped down, uh, you know, stepped down in, in that he took another role there within Taylor ISD. Um, you know, he took him to playoffs there in 2022, which is uh, something that hadn't been done. In a few years, I believe uh, broke up a four-game, a four-year uh, drought uh, of missing the playoffs, and and this is a guy who took over a program that had, was coming off back-to-back 0-10 seasons, and to get them in two years into the playoffs. I think it's, it's a pretty remarkable job. Brandon Houston you know, did a fantastic – did an excellent job. It's an interesting gig for the reasons that you mentioned. This is a job where the facilities are really nice. From what I understand, the pay is pretty decent as well. So I would anticipate there's going to be a decent amount of uh, – there's going to be a decent kind of uh, line uh, to go and, 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 and be a part of, of that, that tailored program. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that they have a they have a relatively difficult district. Uh, you know, when you're talking about district uh, or a, d- a difficult draw, we talk about 13-4A Division One. You're having to deal with teams uh, like Burnet, uh, now San Antonio Davenport, which has been uh, such a, a such a, a strong contender in recent years. Uh, plus, you're dealing with 4A Division One, where you're dealing with you know in Region Four, you're dealing with some pretty heavy hitters. You know, you're dealing with programs uh, that that you're going to have to find a way through in 4A. Division one, so the draw is not necessarily uh, partic- uh, particularly appealing, but at the same time, I think that a lot of the things around that job, the things that coaches look for, uh, are going to be appealing. I would expect them to have a, a pretty sizable list of, of candidates, uh, you know, strong candidates there to, to pick from. And I'm interested to see where they land. You know, Brandon Houston was a really big get for them whenever they they kind of pried him from Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would anticipate there being something pretty similar of maybe a sitting head coach uh, already successful who's looking to kind of take over a program and take them to the next level. Because that's kind of where Taylor sits right now.
2: Clean ISD finds himself looking for another head coach to replace Coach Edwards Mm -hmm. who's left Harker Heights.
12: Yeah, that one, you know, he leaves Harker Heights to go take over at Colleyville Heritage. Colleyville Heritage uh, came open whenever Kirk Martin uh, left after a couple of years to go back to whence he came because he was the the long, long, long time coach at Manville. Manville came open. He went back. It's, It's a home going for him as well. Jerry Edwards. Leaves. And I know there were some people who were wondering, uh, you know, like, why, why would why would he leave Parker Heights? Is it that, you know, where Sean Sanford is, is, is graduating? And I don't think it's as simple as that. Certainly, you know, whenever you you lose a star running back like that, you, you don't necessarily want to be the you, you never want to leave a job a year too late. You want to leave a, year, a job a year too early. But at the same time, I also think that, you know, Jerry Edwards was was at Parker Heights for quite a while. I, believe, I want to say for 10 years, uh, he had 10 seasons, uh, you know, obviously had great success there. And I think that that's for, in, in the coaching ranks, 10 years is a long time. You know, that's, a, that's, a, he's, he's a, pr- pretty much a stalwart there at, at, at uh, Harker Heights. And so I do wonder if he was just looking for another challenge. I do know that uh, Her- Collierville heritage pays pretty well. And I know that they got really nice facilities. I know that's one thing that, that whenever that job came open, uh, I anticipated that there was going to be – we anticipated Dave Campbell's – that there was going to be a pretty good list of candidates simply because uh, all of those things that you look for as a coach are, in the, are, are kind of there at Colleyville Heritage. And you're in the DFW Metroplex, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think for, for Harker Heights, it's still a good job, and I think that uh, Jerry Edwards makes that job even more attractive. Uh, simply because of what he was able to build and kind of the culture he was able to build there, it would not surprise me necessarily if, because of the success, success that Harker High has had recently, if they were to stay in-house and promote from within, that wouldn't necessarily be a surprise. Uh, but you never know. Colleen Harker, Colleen uh, ISD uh, tends to swing pretty big whenever they go for uh, for coaching changes, so I'm interested to see where they end up landing. But uh, but certainly losing Jerry Edwards after a decade is uh, is, is something that you you know you never want to replace a guy who's been around that long.
0: Greg, what are you hearing about uh, the Troy job? Right down the road, uh, the Troy Trojans looking for a head coach.
12: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Steven Hermsmeyer uh, out after two seasons. Um, it was a tough go there for, for him, I think it's, it's, it's fair to say. Um, and, you know, Troy is, is a job that I do think is maybe better than you would think in the past couple of years. I mean, think back just a few years ago. I want to say maybe 2019. Mm-hmm. This is a team that was in the regional finals. Uh, you know, those is the under coach Ronnie Porter. They've had success recently. It's been a little bit up and down in the past couple of uh past couple of years, haven't necessarily been sunshine and daffodils, but I do think that this is a, a strong job there in the central Texas area. You're drawing from what I think is a really talented uh, talent wrench part of the state. Uh, you're always going to have a couple of dudes specifically. Troy tends to have hard charging running backs. It seems like every single year they've they just got back and pick another one off the tree. Uh, that is one thing that I, that I'm interested in. I, I am, one thing I, I think is going to be interesting to watch is exactly what they do schematically uh, as far as a, a coach is concerned. Now, now, certainly you want to find a guy who's a culture fit and all of those things. Those things come first. But for me, as a guy who, who kind of gets paid to, to think about these types of things, uh, what I'm interested in seeing is exactly what kind of offense they run. You know, under Hermsmeyer, uh, they ran that kind of pro-style offense. Uh, and I thought that the offense, uh, you know, was okay the past couple of years, uh, but I thought that it was it was, you know, it, it could have been a, a little bit better. What I'm interested in is is do they go something more along the lines of spread? Do they go full on wing T or something like that, which is a little bit more, you know uh, a little bit more palatable at the three A ranks than it would be at other places. I'm interested to see what they do schematically. Uh, and, and how they're able to maybe transition away from the pro-style offense that Stephen Hermsmeyer put in there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. And when when that comes down, I'll want to dig a little bit deeper into what that team is going to look like because I do think the talent is there. It's just going to be a matter of how they deploy it and how this new coaching staff decides to, to operate it.
0: All right, what do we got? 153 days, I believe, is, is the number until the first Thursday night of the season. What are you going to do for 153 days?
12: Well, there's the small matter, just the tiny little thing I've got to do of putting together a 400-page magazine. Uh, But, but other other than that, not much. I'm I'm free. If you want to go to lunch or something, like, uh, yeah, no, we're we're already starting on it. We're uh, actually, uh, if there's any high school football coaches listening, uh, the the deadline for the questionnaires is next Thursday. And so uh, that's when we start. For those who don't know, the way we get a lot of the nitty-gritty information for the magazine, things like uh, returning starters and stuff, as we send out a questionnaire to every coach in the state, uh, we ask them, you know, that's how we get heights, weights, and 40s, things like that. But then also we like to follow up with coaches kind of uh, color uh, between the lines there uh, by talking with them. But it is, uh, we've got to chase down more than than 1,500 of them. Uh, The good news is we have uh, a little more than half. So we're, we're we're getting there. Uh, but uh, if you haven't turned in your questionnaire, coaches, I would sure appreciate it. it would, uh, I, I have a number of gray hairs. They're increasing in in, in size and 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 violence. But uh, I do think that they will, uh, if you were to turn in your questionnaire, you maybe will save me one. So that would be nice.
0: Greg, thanks. As always, it's uh, it's fun talking high school football. And uh, we appreciate your time. And uh, we'll do it again soon. All right. Sounds good, guys. Talk to you soon. Greg Tapper. Uh, Dave, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. It is 8.20, 20 minutes after 8. This is Game Time, presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat, your friend of the car business, and we're brought to you by Pioneer Steel & Pipe. All the Emory family, they've been serving Central Texas since 1943. Yes, count it up. That's four generations of a business that's family-owned and operated, and they've got a new location in Waco at 2003 South Loop Drive, and Highway Six, the new store is uh, is bigger and better, but it's the same great customer service that you've come to expect over the uh, the last four generations. Look, they've got to over two thousand items. Yes, over two thousand items uh, for you do-it-yourselfers uh, when it comes to things like uh, uh, products from Spring Creek, Makita power tools. They've got uh, Hillman nuts and bolts. Uh, they've they've got welding rods and welding accessories. They even stock Sack Creek, and you can get it all right there. At Pioneer Steel and Pipe, of course, uh, when you when you think about Pioneer Steel and Pipe, you better think about quality and reliability because that is what they've kind of built this thing on—is making sure that you are well taken care of and that uh, and that it, the customer service is impeccable. And that's what they're going to do for you at Pioneer Steel and Pipe. Uh, You can check them out online at PioneerBoys.com. They're open Monday through Friday, 730 till 5. They'll be open tomorrow from 8 until noon. And they're always open 24-7 at PioneerBoys.com. Baylor, Big 12 Softball,
10: this weekend on 101.3 FM
4: Baylor softball opening Big 12 conference play this weekend in Stillwater against Oklahoma State games Friday at 630 Saturday at 2 and Sunday at 1 for the Bears and the Cowgirls
0: Join Dan Ingham for Baylor Big 12 softball every game
10: on 101.3 FM
3: Cunningham Realtor with Cole Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook and more.
0: Hey guys, it's Tom with ESPN Central Texas, and if you could benefit from having extra confidence when it's time to perform, then visit BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations. BlueChew is shipped right to your door. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you are approved you'll receive your prescription within days the best part it's all done online and here's a special offer for our listeners try bluetooth free when you use promo code 1660 at checkout and just pay five dollars for shipping that's right free promo code 1660 try today bluetooth.com
1: The Voice of the Bears, John Morris. Weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
11: La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina has been Waco's favorite Tex-Mex since 1963. Voted the best fajitas, enchiladas, and chili con queso around Central Texas. Watching the game from home? Let La Fiesta create your Fiesta with the Delicious menu. A delicious selection of Mexican classics and Texas favorites. Order ahead and pick up or dine in and enjoy the game along with their specialty margaritas. You can order online at LaFiesta.com or stop on by at 38 15 Franklin Avenue in Waco, La Fiesta, where passion is the most important ingredient.
4: Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? Rest assured, DMRA Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality with our five-year financing custom design team and selection of diamonds we will make the whole process fun and enjoyable the more fine jewelers on west waco drive
8: an exceptional experience and extraordinary results that's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at cherry johnson sigmund james law firm they are trial lawyers with 100 plus years of combined experience specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm has an office in Waco on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue. Craig Cherry is triple board certified. Fewer than 1% of all lawyers in Texas are triple board certified. He has obtained significant settlements and verdicts for his clients, due in no small part to his ingenuity and relentless tenacity. His tireless dedication and ability to anticipate his opponent's next move makes him the ultimate opponent in the courtroom. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. It's time for
1: Stephanie from Sales to Talk Sports. Brought to you by Advanced House Leveling, Myatt Fuels, SoCal Speed Shop, Mission Golf Cars, and Asco Equipment in Belton. It's
0: 825. This is game time. Your first word in sports. Tom Ward, Ryan, glad to have you with us. Man, we've had a great day. We have talked basketball with Ted Emmerich. We have talked football with Greg Tepper. We're going to talk baseball with Jeff Wilson. And now... (laughs)
11: Morning. (laughs) Uh, Did I say anything? Well,
0: yeah, you led up to it. (laughs) Yeah, I opened the door. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't. I was just recapping, (laughs) doing the recap. Uh, Coming up at three o'clock this afternoon, it will be the John Moore Show, and uh, John will uh, on the program today. We'll have Fran Fraschilla in the three o'clock hour talking basketball mostly be along at four so we got we got big day for you and we do welcome in stephanie from sales good morning good morning you have a you got a big day planned
11: i do i do i have uh is it gonna rain you know when i look out the studio window it's getting darker and darker now, Weatherman Ward over here said. Weatherman Ward. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Weatherman Ward. He's looked at two different. Kind of has a ring to it, doesn't it? It does. I like it, Weatherman Ward. Let's check in with Weatherman, Weatherman Ward.
10: <laughs> wow.
11: Anyways, he was looking at two different apps, and one app says it's going to rain between 10 and 1, about 60%. Yeah. And then he looked at another app on his phone, and it shows that it's going around us.
2: Yeah, it says 39%, so who knows? 39. So basically,
11: I would say, there's a slight chance of rain. <laughs>
2: there you go. All right. raining in the metro mess right now. Is it so, really? Yeah. All yeah right. It may have just went around us.
0: It is dark.
11: I, I, know. I know. It almost looks we like- We lack sun. It almost looks like a tornado. Oh, stop. What? It does. Have you ever been in a tornado? I have. Yes. I have. They have, and it's real windy. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, But it gets real still before. That may
0: be the best one yet. <laughs> A tornado's pretty windy. Yeah.
11: <laughs> but the sky gets real still. Like, the birds stop chirping.
0: The sky gets still.
11: It does. And the wind stops. And it's very, the wind blows. It's
0: very eerie before it hits.
11: It is. And then, bam, here it comes. hmm Actually, did y'all ever see that movie where they were chasing the tornadoes? Twister. Oh, yes, love it. I would love to do that.
3: Well, I think I saw something like that at the Omni in Fort Worth. Go, go, jump in the van and see if you can find one. <laughs>
11: yeah. Okay. okay. Stephanie,
0: the storm chaser, mm-hmm. oh, who can go. report back to Ward, the weatherman.
11: <laughs> there we go. There we go. The,
0: why not? It'll work.
11: All right. Here All we go. Here we go. Well, hey, you know, this month we're cel- every day we celebrate something, right? Mm-hmm. So this month is we celebrate women. And I haven't really talked about too many women lately. I no. bet you haven't. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, there's this chick. She's 29 <laughs> years old. She's a chick. Yeah. She's not a woman yet. She's a chick. Um, She's from, I'm going to screw this up, so please forgive me, Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's, that's pretty close. Sao Paulo. Yeah. Sao. Yeah. Okay. Her name is Leticia, Leticia Bufani. I know you're not going to know who this is. Ryan might. She is a skateboarder. She has won six gold medals in the Olympics skateboarding, which I didn't even know they had skateboarding in the Olympics, but I guess they do.
3: They do? I didn't know that. Wow. It's kind of like a little X Games thing. They yeah, like, all that like the stuff. X
11: Games. She's sponsored by Nike and Red Bull. She just broke a world record. Tom, you're going to freak out. You would not do this. I might do this. She jumped on a C-130 Hercules airplane. The same airplane you see in those movies, Fast and Furious. She that went out the back door. She grinded her skateboard like you know that's what they call it when they roll down, I guess, a pole or something.
5: You mm-hmm. know, like
11: if you see those kids who go down the staircases, mm-hmm. so it's at an angle. She rode her skateboard out of it, has a twenty pound parachute on her back, and she did it at ten thousand feet. And bam, she broke the record. And she's and the, her leg. No, no. <laughs> But she is, um, so
2: did she have the skateboard connected I'm, to her feet? Yeah.
11: So uh, that is a very good question. And I searched and searched and searched last night and I just did this morning and I could not find an actual video of what happens to the skateboard.
3: Oh, hmm. it, it, it instantly flew off. <laughs> That's yeah. what happened. Okay, so that's not a t- it, it,
2: it she was just not. rides it out of the airplane yes. and the skateboard disappears yep. and then she Oh, lands. that's
0: nothing.
11: I can do that. You won't even jump out of an airplane with me. But here's the thing. If you know how to <laughs> skydive, right, which obviously she does, you can dive like with your head down and your arms back and go fast enough to catch up with the skateboard and grab it. You could.
0: Why would My you head? want to do that? Well, I think she chose not to.
11: Well, I don't know how you would when you have to... Pull your cords for your chute to go up. Yeah. I, I but think,
0: I think the nope.
2: skateboard's on its own. But
11: that's still kind of cool, though, riding a skateboard riding out of an door. airplane. Yeah. Yes. What if that
0: skateboard lands on somebody from 10,000 feet? Well, it's well I land guess their somewhere. head would be yeah. broken. <laughs> or, or through a windshield on the highway or something? I
11: don't know. Maybe they blocked it off. Like, hey, beware, duck. Here comes a skateboard out of the sky. I don't know. <laughs> hey,
0: beware, duck. Yeah. Yeah, but look she, up, here comes the skateboard. <laughs>
11: she, all right. She started competing when she was 14 years old. She's pretty amazing, you guys. And um, her goal is to break a few more world records. She's great on the skateboard. She's really hard to beat. She now is living in Southern California. I think that's because that's where a lot of the skateboarders hang out. I don't know. Um, look at me like that, Tom. Uh-huh. But it's pretty cool. Now, when I was growing up, we didn't have X Games. And if you had a skateboard, you know, what, You didn't know. we didn't know how to do all these tricks. I mean, I couldn't even stand on a skateboard without falling.
0: And you walked to school uphill yeah, both downhill, ways without any shoes.
11: Exactly. Uh, in the yeah, rain, in yeah. the snow. But it's a pretty cool sport, and it is really taking off and getting more popular with women, believe it or not, not just men. So I thought that was pretty cool because I enjoy skydiving. So as I'm also researching about women, Mm -hmm. there's a grandma out there. This is a true story. A hundred and three years old from England Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Don't even look at me wrong because I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. I just remembered this now. Parachuted, skydived at 103 and didn't die. At
0: 103?
11: 103 years old. Of course, it was tandem, but she did it.
0: But Didn't the, the late President Bush used to do that on his birthday? Didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He wasn't
11: 103 years no, old. No, he wasn't
0: 103. Was but he, wasn't, he wasn't exactly 16. Mm.
11: True. True, My grandfather, you know, he was in the he was a pilot in the Air Force. So when he was in his 80s, he uh, did the parasailing thing, like at uh, 82. I'm telling you,
0: that's the coolest thing. You and have water it. below you. You don't have a hard ground. You have
11: if you fall in that water, it's still hard. It's still going to hurt you. And then you got the fishes down there waiting on you. to eat you Tom no fishes the fishes but anyways that is a cool story I'm gonna keep my eye on her because that's pretty cool actually I want to see what what are you you
2: gonna do it at 93
11: jump out of an airplane Mm -hmm. if I'm still living yeah I don't think I'll live that long I I won't live that long
2: are you gonna jump out of one this week
11: no not this week maybe next week the wind's got to be bright see I would jump out on this because it's pretty cool when you're going through the gray skies, but the wind's got to be good. But it's really pretty when you jump out and it's blue skies and you're jumping out and you can see I-35. It's
0: it's even it's even more pretty when you stay in the airplane <laughs> and look out the window and then land. Let me tell
11: you though, when you get in those airplanes, you ain't coming down in that airplane. Yes, I am. <laughs> you ain't. Those planes are small and the only person that has a seat is the pilot. And you're right there at that door. And when that door goes, so do you. It'd er-
3: be like on- trying to put a cat in the bathtub. A <laughs> 103 <laughs> year old lady was, her name is Catherine Kitty Hodges.
11: Kitty Hodges, there, there you, you go. Nickname Hawk. <laughs>
10: Very nice.
3: Gosh.
11: Anyways, that is your sports for today.
1: All right, State 34. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Had a uh, nice hotel, found a great rate,
7: downtown Louisville. Aaron, did I, is it my fault, do you think, for booking the room prior to the game? I booked it at about 5.30 yesterday. <laughs>
1: I, I, uh, hopefully I didn't cause anything. Bears yeah, sure, go James out still.
9: there. Hey, <laughs> You think I did it?
1: My fault. The Matt Mosley show weekdays, 4 to 6 PM on ESPN, central Texas.
10: Race season is on, and it's time for the chaos. The third annual Lone Star Forklift Funny Car Classic, presented by SoCal Speed Shop of Waco, is going to pound the ground at the Texas Motorplex March 23rd through March 25th. Cars from coast to coast are registered. Three, three days of run what you run, run whopper action, <laughs> plus wild winged out-fueled alters, gear slamming, <laughs> dirty self gasers, fire breathing jet drinksters, and much, much more. 12 and under are free. And every ticket is a Pit Pass. Discounted pre-sale tickets available now at TexasMotorplex.com. Or get them at the gate. Can you smell the nitro? Nitro. You know what to do. Be there. Be there. The Chaos is brought to you by Spell Paving, Wolf Pumps, Fats Tires, Excel Drywall, and Performance Motor Coaches.
1: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
5: I'm Mark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas sports update. A tournament record 19 assists by Marquise Noel helped Kansas State to a 98-93 overtime win over Michigan State to advance to the Elite Eight. Texas is the only other Big 12 team still in the NCAA postseason tournament, and they're on the court tonight at 845 against Xavier. The MCC High Lassies have advanced to the second round of the Junior College Women's National Basketball Tournament with a 50-47 overtime win over Murray State. They're in action again this afternoon at 5 o'clock against Trinity Valley. Baylor softball starts a three-game weekend series in Stillwater today against Oklahoma State. First pitch tonight is at 6 o'clock and you can hear the game on cool 101.3 FM. Baylor Baseball also instill water to take on Oklahoma State. They get underway at 6.30 this evening, and you can catch the play-by-play on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Listen to Game Time online at syntechsportsfan.com.
0: Uh, We're less than a week, less than a week from the start of the season. Major League Baseball is just around the corner. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Ryan, glad to have you with us. And from Rangers today, we say good morning to Jeff Wilson. Jeff, how are we this morning?
9: Uh, We're doing good. A little little early start here in Arizona after a night game, but that's all right.
0: (laughs) We got you up and going a little early. Hey, Jeff, have they decided they being the ranger management has has Bruce Bochy decided who's going to be his closer have they de- kind of defined the roles of the bullpen
9: uh, not, not really um I, you know he, he if you go back and look at his managerial history his first team was San Diego and he had Trevor Hoffman so he never he never really had to worry about the, the closer there and then he had Sergio Romo for a few years and with the Giants who was his kind of set guy but Really, with the Giants, he didn't have one, so he's kind of he's kind of had experience with with both uh, a, a no doubt ninth inning guy, and then having to find one or, or using a committee. And I think they're leaning more toward committee. Uh, but if you watch the game Thursday, um, Jonathan Hernandez, Will Smith, and Jose LeClerc with the last three guys out of the bullpen, it wouldn't be a surprise at all to see that uh, Ian Kennedy pitched last night's game. Uh, scoreless inning, and he's uh, he's still in the mix. He hasn't made the team yet. He's a non-roster guy, um, but I, I think th- those four guys. You know, Brock Burke has been mentioned, but I think with the way the the rotation is is a little bit short on on innings, and they want to be cautious with these guys. He's going to have to pitch multiple innings more than than just be the the, the closer. So I would I would lean toward Leclerc, um, but it, it could be a, one of those situations where it's. LeClerc clerk one day and, and Jonathan Hernandez the next. Who's the DH of this team? Well, it's probably going to be Mitch Garver. You know, I, I I would I would bet that Mitch Garver and Jonah Heim end up um with the most DH at bats. I I you know, there's been talk about Brad Miller and he hit a home run last night. Um it looks like his swing's starting to come around a little bit. He he's a little bit limited defensively. So, you know, that's that's an opportunity against against a right hander, and if one of the catchers needs a day off, but I, I would think Garver, you know, Himes going to catch more games. Himes the better the better receiver, the better thrower. Um, so I would I, I would lean toward Garver being the primary DH.
0: Do you do you have an update on Leody Taveras and his situation?
9: Yeah, you know, um, there's a there's a chance he's he's going to be on the opening day roster, but he may not be. Much of a much of a more than a reserve. Um, he he's swinging right handed, which which is a, a big deal because the, the oblique injury was on his left side and it hurt him to swing. So uh, he's doing that. And he's doing all baseball activities, but you know there is only like you mentioned, well six days until opening day, mm-hmm. and they don't want to ramp up too fast with him. Like you know, minor league games in spring training, he could bat leadoff every inning. You know, get nine at bats. There's usually two games going, so he could. I've seen players hop across to the other game and just button line and bat. So I mean, there are ways to get him at bats, but they also don't want to re-aggravate the injury. So, um, there. But they do think that that by the end of the first series, which you know again is only three games, but it's over four days because of the day after the opener is an off day. So maybe by that Saturday or Sunday, he could be a an act. Uh, you know, have no reins on him and and be be able to face both left-handers and right-handers.
2: You've been around this team the entire spring. Who's emerged as the leader of this clubhouse?
9: Well, I think it's still Marcus Simeon. <clears throat> you know, he's kind of a quiet guy, um, but you know, it's kind of like E. F. Hutton when 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 he talks, people listen. You know, and and it's it's really the way he goes about his business. You know, he, he's routine oriented. He's one of the first guys there. You know, he he doesn't want a day off. You know, that that that's kind of the guy who you want. Uh, to be your leader, but when he's, you know, he does speak up when he has to another, another guy, even though he's been gone for two weeks is Martin Perez. You know he's a veteran. Uh, he, he gets along. Well, he relates with the the Spanish speaking players as well as uh, the English guys. I mean, he's, you know, he's got his, he's got his service, 10 year service time, which is a huge deal. A lot of respect for that. Um, and, and then he'll cut it up too. So I would, I would, I would lay my money on those two, but I think there are guys who have a chance to emerge in a couple of years. I think Josh Young has a chance to be a pretty good leader. I think that uh, uh, eventually a guy like Nathan Evaldi, um, who is, is terrific, you know, if you guys have a chance to talk to him, he's great. You know, he'll he'll talk your ear off. I think he's got a chance to to be a leader, even though he's a, a pitcher. But he's been around and he's been through some some pretty good battles, and he has a World Series ring, which which speaks a lot, speaks a lot for a team trying to win a World Series.
0: You've covered Major League Baseball for a long time. How what is the upside of this, Ross, to, to this rotation? Do, do they have a chance to be a special rotation? I mean, just kind of where where is this rotation in your opinion?
9: Well, I mean, you know, it's, that's what everybody's talking about. I mean, it's probably the – you know, you can go back and look to Rangers' histories. They've had some great, really good rotations, you know, when Nolan Ryan and, and Bobby Witt and, and Kenny Rogers, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving guys out, but th- those, those were those are pretty good rotations. The 2011 team with CJ Wilson, Colby, Wilson uh, Colby Lewis, Derek Holland, Alexia Gondo, Matt Harrison. They pitched the whole season and avoided the injured list. You know that, that's pretty remarkable. But but they have arguably, when he's healthy, the best pitcher in the world in Jacob Degrom, and they've never had that. And and so it it's, it's you know Valdi has has been through the, the battles. Martin Perez looks like he's for real what last year, what he did last year is for real. John Gray, everybody's been waiting for John Gray. Uh Andrew Heaney has found something. So, you know, and this is pretty interesting. Perez Perez said that everywhere he went at the World Baseball Classic, people were telling him what a great team the Rangers are gonna be. So they they have a chance. They have to stay healthy. I mean, and and if you look at if you look at these names, they haven't stayed healthy throughout their careers. So mm. if they're healthy, they've got a chance to contend, they really do.
2: Where's the biggest hole on this roster?
9: You know, that, that, that's interesting because, you know, you, you thought it was left field, but then, you know, Robbie Grossman's having a really nice spring. Looks like he's going to play every day. Uh, and, you know, we thought he was signed just to be a platoon and to face face left-handed hitters, but uh, he's gotten his left-handed swing worked out. So it looks like he's going to be an everyday player. I would still, I'd still like to see it, you know, see some success against against left-handers. We mentioned Leo D. Tavares. He's not an established regular yet, but the Rangers believe in him. So I think I think left field and center field might be at the two spots. You know, DH these days isn't really um, a set position like it used to be. You know, there's no more Greg Luzinski's and Ron Kittle's out there. <laughs> it's it's guys who, you know, the 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 DH spot is used to give guys days off and to get an extra bat in the lineup that ordinarily would be in there. So uh, I wouldn't really say DH as a whole, but um, I, I would go with those two spots in the outfield. As we get ready to wrap
0: up camp uh in surprise do you see I mean can you physically see the the influence that Mike Maddox has had on this pitching staff
9: yeah I think I think he can um he's just just watching the way that he interacts with them um it's just different than it's been you know I mean he's an experienced guy you know obviously he's been here before but (laughs) I mean I think he's gone to the I think he's been a Pitching coach. I, I, I'm trying to think it up here. I think he's been a major league pitching coach for 14 seasons, and he's gone to the postseason 11 times. It's something like that. It might be 11 of 15, but it's it's remarkable. So he commands respect, um, and just the way he interacts with the, the guys, it's visible. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a scout or pitching coach, so I can't tell if if any guys have made drastic changes or not, um, but there's they just seem more confident and that's another thing that he's good about. He's good about building confidence, but the the one place where you can see it is with the young guys. And he got his, he was able to get his hands on these guys in a pitching camp in January. And um he basically has tried to, he tried to revamp how Jack Leiter prepares for a game. Like his bullpen sessions were too intense and, you know, he wasn't working on the right stuff. And so Mike Maddox, has probably had a huge impact on on Jack on Jack Leiter, uh, as as much as anybody in camp. And so that'll be interesting to follow. You know, Leiter's could start a Triple A, may have to may have to open a Double A because he, he struggled there last year. But it'll be interesting to see if Jack Leiter throws more strikes this season. And if he does, I think it's because Mike Maddox has had an effect on him.
2: Have the Rangers bolstered their minor leagues up enough to where? They can start looking at being one of the contenders now.
9: Yeah, you know the the Rangers didn't the, the, the one the one thing they didn't do this off season was make any trades, and everybody thought that they were going to have to trade some prospects to get some forty man roster flexibility, and also we didn't expect them to you know spend two hundred and fifty million or whatever it was on, on starting pitching. We thought they'd try to get it through trade. Um, so they are they are loaded with with talent it's talent that, that other teams want. And, you know, at some of it's at second base and shortstop where obviously, you know, Corey Seager and, and Marcus Simeon are in place for several more seasons. Um, They have an opportunity to make trades at the deadline if needed and to make big trades, you know, not just go get a, you know, a, a left-handed reliever. They have the opportunity to go get a, a left fielder if they need a left fielder or a uh, you know if, if there's an injury to go get another starter or to go get a I don't know what a third baseman you know what, what, whatever they have enough talent to go get anybody they want.
0: Jeff tell us a little bit about uh, Rangers today.
9: Yeah Rangers today is uh, my own little website we cover the team daily um, I'm in Arizona for the third time and um, we'll be there opening day it's five ninety nine a month 35 for six months and $60 for a year it's it's cheap, and it's steady, and uh, it's pretty good stuff, if I may say so myself.
0: And, and it is. I, I can attest to that. Hey, man, we appreciate your time. As always, thanks, and have a great day.
9: All right, guys. You too. We'll see Talk you. Talk to you soon.
0: <laughs> Ryan rousted Jeff Wilson out of the sack in Arizona this morning. All right, it's 50 10 away from 9. This is Game Time on ESPN Central Texas.
7: Coach Mitch Thompson and the Bears all season long here on ESPN Central Texas.
4: The Bears on the road in Big 12 conference play this weekend, headed to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. Games Friday at 6, Saturday at 6, and Sunday at 1 for the Bears and the Cowboys this weekend.
8: This is the home for Baylor Bear Baseball, ESPN Central Texas.
1: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
5: I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas sports update. A tournament record 19 assists by Marquise Noel helped Kansas State to a 98-93 overtime win over Michigan State to advance to the Elite Eight. Texas is the only other Big 12 team still in the NCAA postseason tournament and they're on the court tonight at 845 against Xavier. The MCC High Lassies have advanced to the second round of the Junior College Women's National Basketball Tournament with a 50-47 overtime win over Murray State. They're in action again this afternoon at 5 o'clock against Trinity Valley. Baylor softball starts a three-game weekend series in Stillwater today against Oklahoma State. First pitch tonight is at 6 o'clock, and you can hear the game on cool 101.3 FM. Baylor baseball also in Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. They get underway at six thirty this evening, and you can catch the play-by-play on ESPN Central Texas
1: Sports Center every twenty minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grab bag on Game Time.
0: All right, eight fifty-three. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Ryan, glad to have you with us. Don't forget the High Lassies round two of the national tournament, McLennan. Takes on Trinity Valley to, uh, this afternoon at 5 o'clock, so that'll be good stuff out in Lubbock. Uh, we got baseball and softball all weekend long. The uh, softball team will play at 6 o'clock tonight, and we'll uh, we'll have that broadcast over on Cool FM 101.3. And Baylor baseball tonight, I believe, is at 6.30, 6 o'clock. Straight up and down 6 o'clock. So it is a, a 5.45 broadcast here on ESPN Central Texas as well. So uh, they're both in Stillwater taking on Oak. Oklahoma State. So, there you go. Uh, and, of course, we have basketball coming up tonight, the uh, The uh, round of uh, Sweet 16, another another four games tonight. Uh, which one, Ward, are you the most curious about? Texas. Texas and Xavier, 8.45 tip time tonight. So, pot of coffee and you'll be ready to go. Early games, we'll have San Diego State and Alabama and uh, Miami and Houston, the uh, later games will have Princeton and Creighton. I'm, I'm that game intrigues me. Yeah. It just does. Creighton kills him. All right, Xavier in Texas. I'm going with Princeton. The fighting Princeton's. You yeah, good can't. Luck with that. You can't. A Blue Jay's not going to beat a Tiger. It just can't. It that's just not the way things work in this world. What's wrong with you? A Blue Jay? For the love of Pete! All right, <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> John. Blue Jays can be mean. <laughs> oh, on a tiger?
2: I don't know. <laughs> you ever had one attack you? Well,
0: no, but I'm not a tiger. Oh, that's so. true. <laughs> Tigers, man. Princeton Tigers. Right Blue Jays. Uh, anyway, <laughs> 855. Uh, John's got Fran Fraschilla this afternoon at 3. Matt Mosley's up at 4. We will recap the weekend Monday morning at 7 right here on ESPN Central Texas.